0: Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now here's your host, Chris Home. Good
1: morning, everybody. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 30, Overall 360 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, which is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out BarryCullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or email them at info at Live with CDP Sports Talk is on weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia, the home of Southern Talk and sports. I hope everyone's doing well on this Friday, January 26, 2024. It's championship weekend. Championship weekend in the National Football League. As you can see, I'm excited, even though the Eagles are out. We've got a couple of games on Sunday. Baltimore, Kansas City at 3 o'clock. Sorry, Kansas City at Baltimore at 3 o'clock. For the first time in 1971 since Baltimore's hosted a championship game and also uh, 630 Detroit and San Francisco. And I'm looking forward to my guest today. This is his third appearance and uh, he is a friend of mine and he's the uh, host of the Locked on Lions podcast. His name is Matt Derry, and we're going to bring him on and we're going to talk some Detroit Lions. Good morning, Matt. How you doing?
2: What's up, Chris? Good to see you, my brother. It's been a long
1: time. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half. And the last time we talked, the Lions were kind of a a work in progress. And and now look at them. One more win away from the Super Bowl. Hard to believe.
2: Can you believe this, Chris? It's uh, I don't think fans here in Detroit really know how to act or respond. I mean, this is crazy. And everybody's so excited. I was at the gym this morning. All the uh, all the trainers were all decked out in Lions gear. And um, it's the city. They've taken the city by storm. And this is what NFL football is, as you know. Uh, It's the king. It gets everybody uh, so riled up, fired up. It's the best sport there is. And for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, man, what a job this front office and the coaching staff have done and the players to get to this point. And now uh, let's see how they do out in San Francisco.
1: Exciting times in the state of Michigan for football with the Michigan Wolverines winning a national championship. And now this uh, franchise is in the uh, NFC championship game for the first time since 91 against the San Francisco 49ers.
2: Yeah, Chris, I mean, you know, you're right. Uh, Not everybody is a Michigan fan, although Michigan is very popular here in Detroit and uh, many of their fans didn't even go to school there. A good majority of them. Uh, But that's another story for another day, but the Lions, it's just, they they own this town, and, and even and I was here for 0 and 16, I was here for three three thirteen and one. Uh, I've seen the, the Quinn, Quintricia era with Bob and Matt, who were an absolute disaster. And now to see this turnaround three years in like this, it's remarkable. And they deserve it. This fan base deserves it. And to get a home playoff game, which is what they wanted, uh, to play the Rams to beat Stafford was unbelievable. And then to get a second one because of the the Dallas loss and to get Tampa Bay in here, and you know, kind of survive that game, is even more remarkable. And now look, you know, Lions have said they wanted to build this thing to be able to play with the big boys. Well, the big boys is this weekend. I mean, San Francisco did not play well last Saturday, but they're the number one seed in the NFC. They've been to the NFC Championship game two years in a row. This will be what four in the last five years, and uh, so this is where you measure up and see how you do. Detroit's a
1: great sports town. So, honestly, Matt, and all the time you've been there, you feel that when the Lions are winning, that this it's their town. Like even over the Red Wings and and the Tigers, and the, and the Pistons are another story.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, Chris. Look, we have we had the, the hockey town run here, as you know, uh, and your knowledge of hockey is as good as anybody's. And then the Tiger run with Jim Lee, the Jim Leland teams, and certainly the Pistons have had two really good runs with the Bad Boys, and then the Going to Work team which culminated in an 4 championship at six straight conference championships. And yes, Detroit's a great sports town. I think it's as good a sports town as there is. But at the end of the day, what rallies the people the most, what gets people the most fired up, uh, there are people that are are not hockey fans. There's people that don't like basketball. Uh, You know, there's people that think baseball is too boring and slow. But everybody loves the Lions and everybody follows the Lions. And even the people that say, I'm Lions free, right? I'm not going to be back until this ownership sells and the Ford family and all these things. You got to set that aside right now because people love this group, this Lions team, because not only are they good, they're likable. Their coach, Dan Campbell, played for the Lions. He he He's a Detroiter. He feels like a Lions uh, uh, coach uh, and, and a Detroit person. The general manager, Brad Holmes, an African-American GM. There's not a lot of them in the league obviously the city embraces him Uh, you know, the ownership group under Sheila Hamp. now, I mean, that was Mr. Ford's daughter. So, you know, she, she's been through it and has seen it. So, and they're just a likable team, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's a local kid. Who's really, really good. Jared Goff now has been beloved. I mean, they were chanting Jared Goff's name at the Red Wing game last night. night. So uh, it's like, it's a likable team and it's a good team. And now why can't they go into San Francisco and win? I think they can
1: wanted to ask you uh, when Sheila Ford took over the team uh what was were people skeptical of her and what was one of the first moves that she did bring in I know she brought in Chris Spillman but I just wanted to ask you when exactly did you feel this franchise started going in the right direction
2: um well I mean let's start with Sheila I mean I think that the fans were a little bit turned off that her and Rod Wood had kept Patricia that third year. They were like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? But I think she really needed a year to learn and really see what was going on. And then luckily they pulled the plug after that and fired Bob Quinn, the general manager. When did I think this all turned around? I'm probably going to say last year, week 18 in Green Bay. The Lions were playing basically for nothing. They'd been eliminated from the playoffs because Seattle had won. And yet, here they are going into Green Bay, and they made a statement. They beat the Packers. They forced Green Bay out of the playoffs with the win. The Lions didn't get to go, but they played spoiler, and they played so hard and so physical in in Lambeau Field. I mean, the Lions never won a big game there, ever. And to go in there and win, and to win a game like that on on Sunday Night Football with NBC, Tariqo, Collinsworth, the whole thing, that's when you kind of knew, oh man, going into next year, they're going to be the favorites to win this division, especially if Rodgers leaves Green Bay, which of course he did. So I think the, the, the culmination of this thing and really the, the knowing that there might be something special coming was probably last season, the last game.
1: Now, when Jared Goff was brought to Detroit, everybody was like the Rams won this trade with Stafford, but how much has the coaching staff and getting the right? system I uh, met for Jarrett Goff being this uh franchise quarterback now for the Lions going forward
2: oh it's been huge I mean I think this is a a total team effort you talk about Dan Campbell Ben Johnson the offensive coordinator Mark Brunel the quarterback's coach Goff himself all the assistants that really help out Antoine Randall with the receiver Scotty Montgomery with the with the uh um uh, running backs, Hank Fraley, the, the, the offensive line coach, and Steve Hyde and the tight ends coach, they all work very well together, and they work with the quarterback. And Jared Goff is really good, and he's playing great football right now. He hasn't turned it over in the playoffs. But people think, oh, Jared Goff's going outdoors this week, San Francisco. He's won two games at Levi Stadium. He's done it. So I just think he's gotten better, and I think a lot of it is the coaching but he's also a really talented guy. I mean, he was the number one overall pick years ago. It's not like this guy was a fourth or fifth round pick that they had to develop. Um, And he's got a chip on his shoulder. He was like you said, uh, you know, shipped out of LA and not, not very nicely by Sean McVay, who's admitted that. And now in Detroit, he's kind of relishing this underdog role and, and uh, playing really good football. City's really taken to Jarek Goff. And uh, the last time these two franchises played was
1: in the regular season, I believe September 12th, 2021, and uh, it was a high-scoring game, 41-33. Do you see this game being high-scoring Sunday at Levi Stadium in San Francisco?
2: Not like that. I don't think it's – I mean, you know, I, I think there's a chance for there to be a lot of points. Yes, I think the Lions can move the football. I think we know the Niners can. I mean, the Niners really struggled last week. Offensively, with the, with a consistency in the rain against Green Bay, but yet when they needed a drive, they got it. We know about the Lions' defense; they bend a lot. They haven't broken too badly so far in the playoffs. Um, but with Debo Samuel, if he's healthy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, uh, there's some good weapons there for for the Niners, and it's not going to be an easy task for the Lions to stop all of them. But the Lions' offense is really good. You know, Ben Johnson is so creative. I think he's going to get the commander's job, Uh, you know, Golf and St. Brown and the running backs. There's a lot of weaponry in this game. So, yeah, I could see a high-scoring game, but I'm not so sure about 41-33. From what I've seen in San Francisco from the games I've seen this year, they have
1: a good front four. They have good linebackers and secondary. I do find the Niners do have one weakness on their defensive side, and you can run the ball against them. And I think the Lions are going to be able to get at least 100, 150 yards rushing in this game.
2: Yeah, you know, we saw Chris on Saturday, uh, the ease with which Aaron Jones moved around in that San Francisco secondary running the football. I thought the Packers' offensive line really pushed the Niners around. I was surprised at how well they were able to run the football. And we know this Dan Campbell always wants to run it. You got David Montgomery, you got Jameer Gibbs, heck Craig Reynolds, who's really good as your third down, uh your third back. Um, so if the Lions feel like, hey, we're gonna pound it and keep the Niners off the field, run some clock, utilize Ragnow and Sewell, who are all pro players on that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, they can established the run, quiet that crowd down, get some first downs, and really manhandle the Niners up front. Um, they'll be in good shape. Overall, how is the health of the Lions going into this game,
1: and do you feel their offensive line can match up well with that front four San Francisco's?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously a big loss is Jonah Jackson, the left guard, being out with that meniscus injury. Not sure if he'll even be back for the Super Bowl if they get there. can't believe I just said Lions and Super Bowl, Chris. Um, Brock Wright, the backup tight end, who who has made, had some big moments. He's going to miss this game. Uh, but I think all in all, the Lions are pretty healthy, which is good. Um, we'll see about uh, Khalif Raymond, the run, uh, wide receiver, if he's going to be able to come back. Um, he's more of a bit player. But I think the guys that, you know, you need to keep an eye on certainly are Frank Ragnow who kind of sprained his knee and, and ankle in that game the other day, make sure he's a hundred percent. And certainly, uh, you know, Jamison Williams has had some injuries the last few weeks, uh, but I think he's, he's okay. But all in all, no, I think the health of the Lions is good. The big, the biggest health issue is going to be Debo Samuel with the shoulder and whether or not he'll go or not. I mean, word is now at the time of this recording that it's 50, 50, uh, I think he'll probably try to give it a go, but, one hard tackle, and he lands on that shoulder. That could be the end for him.
1: Absolutely. And you got a couple of former Eagles on your team, too. I just wanted you to bring up CJ Gardner Johnson, who we missed in Philly this year. And uh, recently, you just signed uh, Super Bowl champion and former Old Pro tight end, Zach Ertz, uh, who was released by the Cardinals. Um, I think Zach Ertz is a nice little insurance pickup.
2: He is, you know, James Mitchell's out the second string, uh, the, one of the backup tight ends. He and Brock Wright kind of second, and third string tight ends, but they, they play a lot. Uh, so now you're basically down to, um, you know, Sam Laporta, who's not hundred percent. And uh, Anthony Ferkser who's more of a practice squad player who really got the most snaps he's ever gotten as a lion last week. So they felt like going out and getting Zach Ertz who's still only 33. Still has some tread on the tires, was injured in Arizona in November, asked to be released. And just kind of had an injury settlement, worked back his way into shape, and could be a guy. You're right on a big, in a big spot. Can make a play. Um, you know very well from your the Philly days. Gardner Johnson's a he's a character, uh, constantly on social media talking trash. He and Debo Samuel have a little bit of a feud, but don't 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 uh, you know don't miss misunderstand. C.J. Gardner Johnson's a huge part of this defense because the secondary is can be weak at times and if they need him on a big play to move down from safety to, to cover somebody as a cornerback, uh, he's got experience. He's has Super Bowl experience. He's a ball hawk. Um, he'll be important this week.
1: I was going to ask you, can you guys take Matt Patricia back? By the way, he's not going to be back in Philly next year. They clean house
2: with their I defense. I thought of you, uh, Chris, a lot this year because I know uh, the, what the Eagles mean to you, and what a what a disaster this year was. I'm not rubbing it in, bro. But like that was brutal. And it was uh, a meltdown, a meltdown, I call it. A I've never seen I, you know, they're a really good football team and they've been built right by Howie Roseman. And I just I have no idea what that was. That was crazy to me that they just folded like that. And uh hopefully they get it back. But yeah, they're gonna have two new coordinators next year. That's probably a good thing. And there's a lot of good, a lot of good veteran leadership there, like Brandon Graham and those guys. And I'm just I'm so stunned. Jason Kelsey, I'm so surprised that. They melted down like that.
1: Well, Nick Sarani is going to get another year, but if if they don't make the playoffs or uh, rebound next year, then I think he's going to be on a short leash. But, hey, I wanted to get back to the Lions, Matt. Uh, How much much of an impact has the rookie tight end from Iowa, Sam Laporta, had on the Detroit Lions?
2: Oh, huge. I mean, putting up monster numbers, record-setting numbers for receptions, uh, yards by a rookie tight end. Uh, He's been special. I mean, what a second round pick, uh, Brad Holmes made with him and, you know, they let TJ Hawkinson go last year. I think knowing that there was gonna be a really good tight end class in this past draft, which there was, you know, Dalton Kincaid and Mayer and those guys, but Laporte has been the best and he's a top five tight end in the NFL right now as a rookie. That's how good he is. Um, again, injured his leg in week 18, but I think he's, I think he's all right. Um, and ready to rock here this week. And that he's going to be a guy that I think is going to be, if the Niners decide we're not going to let Amon Ross St. Brown beat us, we're going to make sure Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds on the outside are not making plays. Maybe just maybe the guy that's going to have a nine, 10, 11 catch game and, and come up with some big third downs would be uh, number 87. I think that uh, get Laporte, he and golf Laporte and Goff have a very good chemistry and he could be the guy that, that is the, the, the difference maker on third down plays this week.
1: How did he look against the the, the Buccaneers in your opinion coming off that knee injury?
2: I mean, you know, the Rams game everybody was stunned he even played. Um and then because of what happened against Minnesota and then he was, you know, not definitely hobbled but had a touchdown catch. He looked much better in the Tampa game, much better. So uh I think he's okay. I do. I mean, it's not 100%, but how many guys are 100% right now And you get to playing games in late January, you know? So who are some other Lions that have kind of stepped up their
1: game this year and could have an impact in this game Sunday against the Niners?
2: You know, I never thought in a million years that Panay Sewell could get any better than he already was because he was an elite right tackle last year. But he's been even better this year. And I just think the Lions feel very comfortable running behind him and, you know, Nick Bosa against Sewell is going to be an awesome matchup to watch. He's really stepped up. Um, I love the way Ifeatu Malafonwu was playing. Safety that eight weeks ago was a backup that wasn't playing. Then all of a sudden sprung into action, played well. And Tracy Walker has been inactive. I mean, he hasn't even been dressed because they are so confident that Malafonwu can do it. Right next to him is Brian Branch, the rookie from Alabama. Safety, nickel corner. Kind of a hybrid. He stepped up and has been really, really good. Jameer Gibbs has been good lately. Um, down the line, there's just guys that have made plays and stepped up and when the big lights are on. These these playoff games are when everybody's watching, and uh, good for these kids and these guys that uh, they've 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 gotten better every week. I really think this game's going to come down to the
1: battle of the lines between the offensive lines and defensive lines. Who wins that war? I think is going to have the advantage in this game.
2: Oh, I don't disagree. I mean, that's where the Lions kind of butter their bread is up front. You know, their D line isn't great by any stretch of the imagination. But Liam McNeil is back healthy as a huge plugger in the middle there to stop the run. Aiden Hutchinson has turned into an elite pass rusher. Um, the Lions are a little bit weak on the other side of, of Hutch. So if if the Hutchinson Express gets slowed down a little bit, I'm concerned about the pass rush. I thought the Packers did a great job getting to Purdy last week, but uh, the Lions have made Stafford uh, looked very comfortable. Baker Mayfield had his moments this past week through for, for 300 yards. The Lions have got to be better rushing the passer. But yes, Lions O-line is as good as there is in the league. Obviously your Eagles have a good one. The, Cle- the Browns have a good one. Um, uh, we saw last week with Tampa, theirs was good and the Rams was good. So yeah, up front is, is going to be huge to see. Uh, like I said, I think lions running the football, they can do it successfully could kind of set the tone for the rest of the game
1: control the time of possession and keep that San Francisco offense off the field as much as possible. Uh, yep. one thing Matt, I wanted to bring up, I think you guys are going to see a heavy dose of Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and as a receiver as well, it's, especially with Debo Samuel not being a hundred percent.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, even if Debo is hundred percent playing, CMC is going to get his touches. You know that Chris, um, I was a little bit concerned last week. I was surprised, actually, that Rashad White had the kind of game that he did for Tampa because the Lions' run defense has been really, really good. And White broke off a couple of of big runs. And so hopefully the Lions kind of fix that because this is Christian McCaffrey we're talking about here. He's an MVP finalist, um, top five player in the league. So, yeah, if he gets off, gets going that's going to be a long day for the Lions because then that opens up the passing game. So Lions have done a good job stopping the run for most of the year, but McCaffrey is certainly an elite back. One thing I forgot to
1: research was this game is on the road. When was the last time the Detroit Lions won a road playoff game? And that's something I should have looked into because I know they won the championship in 57. The win in 1991 was at the Silverdome, and then their two home wins recently. So I, I have to look that up when they last won a road playoff game.
2: You don't have to look it up. You ready for this? Okay. 1957 at Keysar Stadium in San Francisco, my friend.
1: Wow, ironically, that former home of the Niners before Candlestick Park.
2: Right. I mean, the Lions have not wow. won a road playoff game in 60 years, 60 plus years. So wow. This would be rather big. And also, another good stat for you: dome teams on the road in championship games, the last 10 times uh playing outdoors are 0-10. So that oh, doesn't bear 10. well either for the lions. <laughs> we we shall see. I think the last dome team to win on the road, I, I heard this the other day, um I think it was Dallas in 93 in San Francisco. So, wow. Do you yeah. feel
1: the lions going from turf to grass will make a little bit of a difference or no? You
2: no, figure- I do. I mean, I don't think yeah. it'll be a big difference, but I think a little bit. Uh you know, last couple of really big games the lions played on grass outdoors uh in Baltimore, they got destroyed. I mean, the Ravens embarrassed them, and then a few we uh, a few weeks ago in Chicago against the Bears did not turn out well. Uh, the Bears beat them, so the Lions have won on grass. Look, they went into Kansas City, Chris, to open the season on grass. That's on true. The road and won at, so at, that, at,
1: at, at Arrowhead Stadium, which right. is a very hard place to win. Yes,
2: very tough. So that it's been done. So they've not not won ever, uh, uh, you know, on grass. I mean. Last year, too, we saw something with this team. And it was really turf, but they won two games at MetLife last year. They beat the Jets on the road. They beat the Giants on the road. So they've won some games on the road where people said, ah, the Lions can't win there. They've done it. So I'm not overly concerned about it. But yes, the Lions do play much better, especially at home or especially on offense at home on that kind of fast track at uh, Ford Field.
1: Dan Campbell was mentioning, I think, yesterday to the media that it's not so bad playing a road game because the first two home games were at Fort field were great, but the players were under a lot of extra pressure with family and friends. And going to San Francisco, they can even focus more on just football instead of the other stuff.
2: Well, no, I don't disagree with that. There's something about bonding with your teammates and, and being the underdog and getting on that airplane, flying across the country. Not a lot of distractions, not worrying about tickets, uh, family there. I mean, some family will certainly travel, but the Lions will be in their hotel and focused. And um, again, seven-point underdogs. There's not a lot of people that think they can do this. Some do. I do. I think they can. But that 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 line has stayed at seven and sat at seven the entire week. It hasn't moved at all. And the weather forecast uh, for
1: the game Sunday in Santa Clara, that could be an impact too.
2: Yeah, it's it's supposedly not going to rain. Like, weather in the 60s, but no rain. I mean, obviously, last Saturday night, uh, Purdy had trouble in that rain. Um, I don't know about that. You know, look, if it rains, the Lions' run game, I think, would, would do well. Um, but I think the bottom line is, is they can't make mistakes. Golf has not thrown an interception in the playoffs, so that's good. Um, and, you, and just keep playing mistake-free football. Penalties and turnovers on the road, you're not going to win. I think the Lions have been clean so far in their two games at home with
1: turnovers in yep. that. And I think that's going to be huge against the Niners because if you turn that ball over and give that Niners offense a short field, that can make a difference in this game.
2: No question. And uh, the kicking game has been good for the Lions lately. Badgley's been all right. Jack Fox has been a major weapon for this team. A uh, bunch of punts down inside the 10. He, he boomed a 60-yarder in that Rams game. Uh, he's been a big weapon, so you, you switch the field around and make the Niners go 90 yards. Uh, watch, watch for Jack Fox. He's been, uh, as we like to call him in Detroit, he has been the punt god so far this year.
1: Speaking of that, we've already saw a couple of playoff games sort of decided by missed field goals. Uh, Carlson missing one in uh, for Green Bay against the Niners, and then Tyler Bass against uh, Kansas City. But to be fair to Bass, uh, Orchard Park, New York, that stadium is high winds, and it's not easy kicking in that stadium. And by the way, the Niners kicker, is the all-time leading scorer for the Michigan Wolverines, Jake Moody. So you got a rookie going against a a kicker that's got a little more experience. So I think that special teams could play a factor in this game, too.
2: I agree. And, you know, Lion fans were pandering for uh, Jake Money Moody because of his Michigan ties. They wanted him. Can we draft him in the fourth round, fifth round last April? and the lions didn't draft a kicker they've they've gone through their share, number of they've gone through their share of kickers over the last 3 years under Brad Holmes uh whether it's been you know Riley Patterson or Badgley they've they've been interchangeable but Moody's really good and obviously uh but this is a different environment and atmosphere but he's he's made some very big kicks in his career both college and pro and uh, you got to tip your cap to him he's pretty darn good hey Matt do you have a few more minutes for a few more quick questions yes sir let's take okay. it up to 11 my man okay. let's do it
1: all right, I wanted to ask you about the uh, thoughts on the Niners' win over the Packers, and who were some uh, San Francisco players that stood out in that game?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I love Dre Greenlaw, the the linebacker, although when he made that interception, he should have just slid down. He shouldn't have been running around. But Fred Warner and Greenlaw are really good. I mean, the Lions live in the middle of the field with their passing game, and those two guys kind of shut it down. That's going to be a key matchup and something to watch. Um, you know, Purdy bounced back in that Packer game. He had a really bad start, made some big throws at the end. McCaffrey is certainly good. And Trent Williams at left mean, my God, I mean, the guy just is a, a house out there. And so I'm thinking for this week, there's no way, I wouldn't think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be lining up anywhere near Trent Williams. I would figure he's going to be over on the right side of the Niners O-line, the Lions left side of their D-line, and trying to rush the passer that way uh, because Williams is just, he's just a wall. All right, and
1: uh, what are some keys to a Lions win at Levi Stadium on Sunday? And the Niners have lost three home games this year there, so it's not like they're unbeatable there.
2: Well, you know, Chris, I I think first and foremost, we're going to see some trick plays. I think Dan Campbell and and Ben Johnson are going to empty the tank here. I think we're going to see a fake punt. I think we're going to see a fake field goal, something like that, a double reverse pass, pass. maybe St. Brown's throwing the football or something. The Lions need to do something like that to just show that they've done it all year and to just, you know, they can't just be a vanilla attack against the Niners. I'm not saying gimmick it up every play, but I'm saying something like that, I think would be a key in this game. Mentioned before about the middle of the field. Lions have got to make sure they can throw some balls down the field and also to the sideline because of those linebackers. Uh, the, the the, the The run game is going to be key. Can they do what Green Bay did last week? And then, like you said, the mistakes and turnovers, you know, young team on the road, first NFC championship game for most of these guys, you know, Sands, Goff, or, or Gardner-Johnson. Will there be some nerves? Will it be a tip pass, uh, a turnover, a mistake? Um, they got to limit those as much as they can.
1: I think the first quarter is going to be huge because the Niners fans are
2: going to be loud.
1: The Niners are going to be jacked up. And I think if the Lions can stay within, like, a don't fall behind double digits. Keep it behind do- less than double digits. That's going to be huge. I just think they need to get off to a good start, and they don't want to get down ten nothing, fourteen nothing to this Niners team that has a good defense at home.
2: No, I agree. I mean, and I think the Lions are gonna they're gonna be right there. I do believe that. I think that there's something special and magical about this team right now. They feel like they're really good, and nobody's cocky. Nobody's. You know, mouthing off or saying things stupid. They're just they're ultra focused, and they play together. Their, their culture is unbelievable, uh, and they they have a belief that they can do this. And I think all of the pressure, Chris, is on San Francisco. Third straight title game. They've lost the first two. They lose again. Are we talking about Kyle Shanahan being in trouble? I mean, we are we talking about some sort of changes? I mean, they 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 were their goal was to get to the Super Bowl. That wasn't the Lions goal. That was the Niners goal. All the pressures on the home team. And and, uh, can I put you on the spot here? How do you see this game playing out? You know, I said it on my crossover podcast with Brian Peacock from Lockdown Niners yesterday. I I truly believe, I think the Lions can do this. I have just a weird feeling that this could be a 27-26 Lions win, a, a late field goal. Or I just, they're not to be denied right now. And the Niners really did not impress me Saturday night. San Francisco's really good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, two of their top two of their fo- two of the top five players uh up for the MVP are, are Niners, Purdy and McCaffrey. They got really got studs all over the place. But I think the Lions can do it. I do. I think uh I think they eke and squeak one out and, and surprise and surprise everybody.
1: All right, last question I wanted to get, get you on here. Matt, is just quick thoughts on the AFC Championship game between Kansas City and Baltimore, and if the Lions can pull off the win in Fran, who do you see them playing in Super Bowl 58, possibly?
2: You know, I, I think the Chiefs have had a great run here, but I don't think they're as good as Baltimore. And Baltimore's at home. Kansas City showed throughout the year that there were some warts with that team, especially with drop passes, their passing game. If it's not Kelsey, who's stepping up? Who's Mahomes going to throw the ball to? And those Ravens linebackers are so good. Both of them pro bowlers. Um, uh, uh, So I think Kelsey can be not eliminated, but I think he can be limited. And so I like Baltimore in that game. I think Lamar Jackson's playing high-end football right now, and I think they win. I'm going to go with Kansas city because they are still the champs and mm. until somebody knocks them out,
1: but I think that game's going to be a, a hell of a game. But, uh, Matt, before we wrap this up, when is your next locked on lions podcast and when it's where it's available and, uh, just quick thoughts on Mike Tricol. I thought you did a great job with interviewing oh, him this week.
2: Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, that show was on Tuesday. So anybody can go onto YouTube or wherever you get your podcast and check out locked on lions. Uh, we'll have another show this afternoon, kind of doing a preview of, of sunday some keys that i think and just and, and just some emotional things that i want to get off my chest and certainly we'll recap some of the awards that a lot of the lions both players and coaches are up for so that'll come out probably this afternoon about 2 or 2 30 uh great to see you chris appreciate you always uh plugging uh, my show and i see you everywhere whether it's twitter or linkedin keep up the great work my friend
1: well thank you this is something i have a passion for and uh, i want to wish Dan Miller a happy birthday as well and uh, i had Dan oh, on the wow. show a couple of weeks ago and uh, nice. he he's uh, been the lions play by play voice since 2005 so he's seen a lot of tough times as well but hey Matt even though i'm an eagles fan i'm going to be kind of cheering for the lions on sunday and uh, Hopefully it'll be a, a Lions victory, and uh, I'm just so happy for Detroit and all the Lions fans, uh, the loyal fans over the decade. But, hey, I want to appreciate you giving us a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to come on here today, Matt, and hopefully we can talk to you again and maybe possibly a Lions Super Bowl win in a trip to the Super Bowl.
2: It would be unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I would say if that happens, but, uh, Chris, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much no problem matt have a great afternoon and we'll check out your next locked on lions
1: podcast today thank you chris thanks matt all right guys I hope you enjoyed season seven episode 30 of live with CDP sports talk with Matt Derry the host of the locked on Lions podcast and he's also a longtime Detroit radio personality and he's also a Cleveland Guardians fan too by the way but uh, I appreciate Matt coming on today and talking a little bit about the Detroit Lions and previewing the game against the San Francisco 49ers 630 on Sunday night on Fox with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson and and Andrew Aaron, Aaron Andrews doing that game as well before we wrap up our show guys today uh, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, one of Matt's shows from the Locked On Lions podcast this week and I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes of his interview with Mike Tirico uh the play-by-play announcer for NBC Sunday Night Football and uh just bear with us and this is courtesy of the Locked On Lions uh YouTube channel and again this is Matt Derry with Mike Tirico from earlier this week talking Detroit Lions.
2: Hi, this man has been the TV voice of the Lions the last two weeks and undefeated calling Lions games going back to last season. As promised, Mike Tirico from NBC. Right. One of the best uh, play-by-play guys there is around in the missed Ford
0: Field. 4-0. and 4-0. 4-0. I didn't think about that. Green Bay last year. Yeah, so yes, let's see. So the Lions have played, what, 17-19 games this year, right? And then once, though, so I guess in the last twenty, uh, our crew, me and Chris, and Melissa, four and zero. So, I guess uh, I guess we'll take. I guess we're welcomed for uh, the Allen Park cornbread. <laughs> hey,
2: you, you, Mike. You know the ovens are hot. Uh, we've we've talked about the butter for years, but but it's real now. What 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 was the last two weeks like for you? And you got to stay home, which yeah. was nice. But man, what uh, what an atmosphere uh, to to be around. Best you've ever been around. Do you think? Uh, all
0: all, jo- all jokes aside. It- It rivals the 06 through 10 Superdome New Orleans deal. Now the 06 Superdome, when they reopened the place uh, after Hurricane Katrina and all of that, that place was nuts from the start in a very similar fashion. And it was just a different energy to it, but I would say sustained through the two games. I don't remember being in a football building like that. It felt like being in a, 16,000-seat NBA arena in Portland or uh, the Palace when the Pistons were great. I- I'll tell you the one it reminded me of, Matt. So the Pistons win the title, and, and you were such a part of it, right, yeah. uh, in 04. Then the next year, play the Spurs in the finals. So game seven of that series back in San Antonio, we do the pregame on ABC at 8.30, and the tip is kind of 9-ish when we hand off uh, to the guys calling the game. The Spurs and the Pistons run out at about 8.34. The whole place stayed on their feet and cheered, the entire yeah. warm That was the coolest thing I had ever seen until the start of the game with the Rams. And, and I thought, if for people who were there, maybe they can feel the same or different about this. I thought the energy in the building before the Rams game was at a higher peak than it was before the kickoff of the last game against the Buccaneers, but I thought the sustained build through the Tampa game was real. Uh, I thought the fans were brilliant and how quiet they were when the Lions had the ball and how raucous it was to see opposing players, to see Baker Mayfield after the game. See guys make comments about, wow, that was one of the cooler environments I've played in. I think says a lot about what it was like there. I don't know if it'll ever be like that again, because it's not going to be 30 years and brand new feel to it again. Uh, but, man, it was uh, cool and an experience. Uh, as I told a bunch of the folks in the Lions front office, uh, that's uh, that's an eight days I'll never forget for sure.
2: I love it. I also love that you brought up the 05 finals because I was rooting against the Pistons because I just wanted to go home because I was rooming with Stoney at the Best Western and I couldn't okay. take it anymore. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. So I, I understand that. But, uh, you know those those were those were good times. And if you really think about it, um, you know, it's I'm gonna just go my twenty five years of living here in Southeast Michigan. If you really think about it, each team's had,
1: all right, guys, that clip was courtesy of uh, Locked On Lions on their YouTube channel. And uh, I want to thank Mike, um, Matt Derry, again, the host of the Lions on Locked On Lions podcast, for coming on. They are doing another show this afternoon at two o'clock. And that was his um, interview with. Uh, Mike Tirico from NBC's Sunday Night Football, who did the the last couple Lions uh, playoff games at home against the Rams and Buccaneers, and actually did a couple regular season games as well. And the Detroit Lions have won more playoff games. In 2023, than they have since 1957. Between 57 and 2023, they only won one playoff game in 1991 in the NFC Divisional round against Dallas, 38 to six, at the Silverdome. And this year, they've beaten the Rams, 24-23, at Ford Field, and they just defeated the Buccaneers, uh, 31-23. So the Detroit Lions are the only NFC team never ever to play in a Super Bowl. So, hopefully, they can end that streak against a very good San Francisco team, Kyle Shanahan against Dan Campbell. Um, I would have liked the Lions' chances better being at home in front of their fan base at Ford Field. But if any team can upset the Niners at Levi Stadium, I believe it is the Detroit Lions. They do have all the pieces there, uh, and they're well coached by Dan Campbell. They have Uh, he's changed the culture in Detroit from a losing culture into a winning culture. So if anyone can get these guys into believing and buying that they can do this, it would be Dan Campbell. But, I'm still going to go with the Niners, unfortunately, in this game. My heart is for the Detroit Lions. My brain says the Niners. And I just think the Niners being at home and having that championship experience the last few years and being in two Super Bowls the last 10 years, um, I've got to go with the Niners in this game. I think 24-13. I I do feel there's going to be a late score by the Niners to make it a little bit uh, of a game. But I think 24-13 San Francisco. I do hope I'm wrong. And I, I think the Lions are capable of winning this game. But i got to go with the more experienced playoff team. But we'll see what happens. Don't count out the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. That game is 6:30 again on Fox with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson and Andrew Aaron. Aaron. Andrews, their sideline reporter. The earlier game is 3 o'clock. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, taking on the Baltimore Ravens, the first AFC title game in the city of Baltimore since 1971. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. How do you go against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? They say, oh, the Chiefs can't win on the road with uh, Reid and Mahomes. They did last week at uh, Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. They beat the Bills 27-24. So I've got the Chiefs winning this game, but this is going to be high scoring. I've got the Chiefs winning 34 to 30 over the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm excited for this game. Three o'clock kickoff on CBS with Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and the sideline re- reporter uh, for CBS, Tracy Wolfson. I think this is going to be a great game as well. So I'm really looking forward to it as well. Guys, just to let you know, I've got two shows coming up on Monday, January 29th. At 11 o'clock, I have my guest. Her name is Kella. James, She's the director of community engagement and outreach program for the Kitchener Waterloo Stratford Perth Humane Society. So she's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about herself and her career with the Kitchener Waterloo Stratford Perth Humane Society and some of their upcoming events at the KW Stratford Perth Humane Society, and maybe possibly tell us a little bit about uh, some of the pets that are up for adoption there with uh, rabbits, cats and dogs. As well. So Monday, January 29th, 11 a.m. Eastern, Kella James, a director again of the Community Engagement and Outreach Program for the Kitchener Waterloo Stratford Purse Humane Society, will be on. And then at 5 o'clock, I have my second show is at 5 o'clock, Monday, January 29th at 5.30 That's 5.30 Eastern. My guest is going to be Kelsey Nicole Nelson. She was originally scheduled for this week, but she fell ill. She's a TV reporter, radio host, and media personality out of Washington, D.C. So Kelsey's going to tell us a little bit about her latest going-ons as a media personality and a broadcaster. And we're going to recap the AFC and NFC champion games with Kelsey Nicole Nelson this Monday at 5.30. So 11 o'clock, Kella James from the Kitchener-Waterloo-Stratford-Perth Humane Society. And 5.30, uh, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, uh, media broadca- a media personality and broadcaster from the Washington, D.C. area. So I'm excited about those uh, two shows as well. And again, guys, the AFC Championship game, Kansas City at Baltimore Sunday, January 28th at 3 p.m. And Detroit, at San Francisco at 6.30 p.m. And I'm really looking forward to these games as well. As always, guys. Live with CDP Sports Talk is a weekly sports and entertainment talk show hosted by yours truly, Chris Palme. is on weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, the home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. Our radio station's website, if you'd like to listen to Live with CDP, live streamed on the radio station, is WQEEFM.radio123. 45.com. Live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on these platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, slash X, Twitch, LinkedIn, and now available on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram at Chris Palme, and you can watch Live with CDP on Instagram. Thank you to StreamYard.com. You can also check out my website at beacons.ai slash Pome. All my social media sites, all my previous radio and podcast shows are there. And you can check out my digital writing on wordpress.com as well. So again, beacons.ai slash pome Live with CDP Sports Talk again is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out BarryCullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email them at info at and tell them Chris Palme sent you there as well. And speaking of Barry Cullen Chevrolet right now, discover went discover the winter event is going on Barry Cullen Chevrolet with a 2024 silver auto 1500 custom crew cab pickup truck 139, uh, a week at 5.9% financing for 24 months with $3,749 down payment on an ultra low kilometer lease. More details at barrycollin.com as well. And they have their winter tire sale going on until February 29th. If you purchase a set of four In-stock, a set of four in-stock winter tires at Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Uh, You can save 13% on uh, winter tires there up until February 29th. So, again, check out BarryCullen.com and uh, their winter winter tire sale clearance going on until February 29th. Live with CDP is also on TikTok. I am a TikTok uh, content creator. So ch- follow me there at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok. Uh, you can check out all my content there. I post a lot of my player coaches' interviews and all my media work there as well. And it's been a great tool. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP sports talk. If you're into webinars, or podcasting such as yours truly, check out StreamYard.com. They have basic plans that are free, or you can get plans up to a professional plan up to $49 US per month. And if you're a business and a company that does a lot of webinars or does a lot of live streaming for work, uh, check out StreamYard.com and contact the sales department for prices for businesses as well. And again, StreamYard is the official um live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. I'm also an affiliate with StreamYard. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at a 19 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media about StreamYard. And I, I really think they are the number one live stream provider out there as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk, the audio version is available on these platforms. iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify for podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Pandora, and TunedIn. You can also email or text live with CDP Sports Talk at cpame19gmail.com at gmail.com or text the show at 519 820 7188. Any comments? questions suggestions feedback would be greatly appreciated as well and i want to give a shout out to my friend sonia pearson i was on her show all things football from a ladies perspective podcast show this week. So check out her YouTube channel and check her out on social media. She does a really good job and she is from Atlanta, Georgia, and she really knows her football and sports. So again, I want to say thank you to Sonia Pearson uh, for having me on her show this week as well. And I want to give a shout out also to the local subway here on Paisley Road in Guelph, they do a great job. I love my subway and the, the staff at the Paisley Road State uh, store here in Guelph near Zayers, Paisley and Imperial do a really great job as well. And uh, I want to say thank you to Casey Standuhar from ESPN Plus for coming on my show Monday as well. And uh, she, check her out on Twitter and social media as well. And uh, that's about it. Uh, Guys, I'm really excited about the games this weekend. And, uh, again, I've got Detroit, San Francisco winning 24-13. And I have Kansas City 34-30 over Baltimore. Really looking forward to these games. And the Super Bowl this year, Super Bowl 58, is going to be Sunday, February 11th, I believe at 6 6 o'clock, 6.30, from Las Vegas. And uh, we'll see who plays in Super Bowl 58 very soon. And that's about it. And again, I hope uh, I want to say thank you to Matt Derry from the Locked On Lions podcast. So if you're a National Football League fan or a fan of the Detroit Lions, checked out the Locked on Lions podcast with Matt Derry as well. And speaking of some uh, Detroit sports news, the Detroit Red Wings won last night 3-0 over the Flyers at Little Caesars Arena. It was the first Red Wings uh, shutout win over the Flyers since 2016. And the Detroit Pistons this week um, defeated the Charlotte Hornets at Little Caesars Arena for their fifth win of the season. So it's nice to see them win a couple of ball games and uh, hopefully they can get K. Cunningham back as well. And that's about it, guys. Uh, I want to say uh, thank you to everyone watching this live streamed and also on my audio platforms. And uh, I'm looking forward to Mondays again, uh, two shows again with Kella James, uh, Director of Community uh, Engagement and Outreach Programs for the Kitchener Waterloo Stratford. Perth Humane Society, and also uh, Kelsey Nicole Nelson at five thirty, and we're going to talk the NFL playoffs and recap both the AFC and the NFC championship game, and also a little bit of news too, guys. I am now uh, a dog walker volunteer with the Cambridge Humane Society, so please, if you're interested in and in, in you're in the Cambridge area, please check out the Cambridge Humane Society social media websites, as they have a lot of wonderful animals down there that are in need of homes. So always adopt. And don't shop and uh, check out the Cambridge Humane Society as well. And I'm hoping to have somebody from that shelter on my show in the future as well. And again, I want to say thank you to WQEE 99.1 FM for having me on their radio station for the past year. And I want to say thank you to Barry Cullen Chevrolet here in Guelph, uh, the GM dealership, for sponsoring my show uh, since September of 2022. So that's about it. I hope everybody has a great afternoon. And we'll see you back here for live with CDP Sports Talk on Monday, January 29th for not one, but two shows. 11 o'clock with Kella James from the Kitchener Waterloo Stratford. Purse Humane Society and 5:30 p.m. Eastern with Kelsey and Nicole Nelson as well as we talk NFL playoffs. So that's about it. Uh, thank you to Matt Derry, my friend, for coming on my show for a third time and uh, give me a little bit of time this afternoon. And we'll have this show downloaded to video and audio platforms as well, and it should air on WQEE uh, this Monday uh january 29th at eight o'clock at night and speaking of that live with cdp sports talk will air tonight again at 8 p.m eastern on wqee 99.1 fm that's about it uh have a great afternoon great evening everybody and enjoy the nfl games on sunday and we'll see you back here on monday january 29th thank you again for watching and listening to live with cdp sports talk